It's time for Shattered Soulstone. Featuring the latest news from Sanctuary and beyond. Each episode, a heroic party of Nephilim band together to help keep you informed on everything in the Diablo universe. And now, your Diablo Community Podcast. Coming to you from somewhere in Sanctuary, this is episode 343 of Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo Community Podcast. This episode is called Acquisition. It is January 20, 2021, and this is Jen. You may have guessed what this show is going to be primarily about. Uh, all of the news of Activision Blizzard being, or Activision Blizzard King being acquired by Microsoft. So, um, yeah, if you haven't heard about it on social media, uh, there's there's a lot there's a lot of news, and I'm just going to go over little pieces of it as we go. There's also some stuff that preceded the news that I was going to talk about anyway. So. Yeah, I'll just jump right into it. This might be a long show, so we'll have to see how this goes. Um, So on the 17th of January, there was an article from the Wall Street Journal, and it was titled, Activision Blizzard Pushes Out Dozens of Employees Over Workplace Misconduct. This was on the 17th, okay? The acquisition was not announced yet. So um, basically that's what happened, and I'll give you a couple of paragraphs here. Uh, Activision Blizzard Inc. has fired or pushed out more than three dozen employees and disciplined about 40 others since July as part of efforts to address allegations of sexual harassment and other misconduct at the video game giant, according to people familiar with the situation. The summary of those personnel actions was scheduled to be released by Activision before the winter holidays, but Chief Executive Bobby Kotek held it back, telling some people it could make the company's workplace problems seem bigger than is already known, the people familiar with the situation said. Activision's moves follow sustained pressures from shareholders, staff, and business partners for more accountability over its handling of misconduct issues. The recent completed summary also says Activision had collected about 700 reports of employee concern over misconduct and other issues, in some cases separate reports about the same incidents since July... When a California state agency filed a lawsuit against the company over harassment claims, and it goes on from there, an Activision spokeswoman, Helene Klasky, confirmed that 37 people have, quote, exited. I don't know what exited means exactly, other than they're not working there anymore. And 44 have been disciplined as part of the company's investigation. She disputed the 700 figure. In a statement, she said employee comments included statements on social media and the issues raised ranged from what she described as benign workplace concerns to a small number of potentially serious assertions, which the company has investigated. She said the assertion, quote, the assertion regarding Mr. Kotek is untrue, end quote, and our focus is making sure we have accurate data and analysis to share so there's that right before the day before microsoft announced that it was acquiring activision blizzard king and then there's another one here um from the 18th and you know i'm going to give you the microsoft stuff first because that's probably a good source to start with here as i move things around sorry this is a lot of stuff to sift through and i'm just trying to give in some kind of order okay so the uh official microsoft thing was posted on the 18th of january Microsoft to acquire Activision Blizzard to bring the joy and community of gaming to everyone across every device. Okay? Across every device. And 
Here's a little bit from that. The first paragraph is just kind of explaining who Microsoft is and the games that they play and Activision Blizzard. And part of it says, Today Microsoft Corp. uh, announced plans to acquire Activision Blizzard Inc., a leader in game development and interactive entertainment content publisher. This acquisition will accelerate the growth in Microsoft's gaming business across mobile, PC, console, and cloud, and will provide building blocks for the metaverse. Microsoft will acquire Activision Blizzard for $95 per share, that's like the shareholders stuff, uh, in an all-cash transaction valued at $68.7 billion, inclusive of Activision Blizzard's net cash. When the transaction closes, Microsoft will become the world's third largest gaming company by revenue, behind Tencent and Sony. The planned acquisition includes iconic franchises from the Activision Blizzard and King Studios like Warcraft, Diablo, Overwatch, Call of Duty, and Candy Crush, in addition to global esports activities through Major League Gaming. The company has studios around the world with nearly 10,000 employees. Bobby Kotek will continue to serve as the CEO of Activision Blizzard, and he and his team will maintain their focus on driving efforts to further strengthen the company's culture and accelerate business growth. Once the deal closes, the Activision Blizzard business will report to Phil Spencer, CEO Microsoft Gaming. And then there's some quotes from some people after that, pretty much. There's a part down here that focuses on mobile gaming. Uh, Mobile is the largest segment in gaming, with nearly 95% of all players globally enjoying games on mobile. And, I mean, Diablo Immortal is going to be on mobile when it releases, so this kind of is relevant to Diablo players right here. Through great teams and great technology, Microsoft and Activision Blizzard will empower players to enjoy the most immersive franchises like Halo and Warcraft virtually anywhere they want. This implies, since it's in the paragraph about mobile gaming, perhaps they're going to do something that will put something having to do with Halo and something having to do with Warcraft on, like... Phones and tablets, I'm guessing, you know? Uh, And with games like Candy Crush, Activision Blizzard's mobile business represents a significant presence and opportunity for Microsoft in this fast-growing segment. The acquisition also bolsters Microsoft's Game Pass portfolio. This is a big one. With plans to launch Activision Blizzard games into Game Pass, which has reached a new milestone of over 25 million subscribers. With Activision Blizzard's nearly 400 million monthly active players in 190 countries and $3 billion franchises, this acquisition will make Game Pass one of the most compelling and diverse lineups of gaming content in the industry. Upon close, Microsoft will have 30 internal game development studios, along with additional publishing and esports production capabilities. And of course, the transaction is subject to customary closing and regulatory stuff and all of this. The deal is expected to close in fiscal year 2023. Okay, so that's the key points from that. It's longer than what I read, but you don't need everything all the time, I guess. But that's kind of the thing there. And then they also put out the same day um, on Xbox, uh, the Microsoft Xbox page, they have a new site on there called Xbox Wire. And it said, welcoming the incredible teams and legendary franchises of Activision Blizzard to Microsoft Gaming. And it's naming all these games that uh, are made by Activision Blizzard King that are going to be joining Xbox. And at the top of this thing, it's got pictures of Overwatch, Diablo, Call of Duty, World of Warcraft, Candy Crush, and StarCraft, which sounds to me like that's going to be 
something you're going to get through the Game Pass, maybe? I mean, there's a lot of talk in here about Game Pass, and there's a paragraph here that I think kind of summarizes it. Um, Over many decades, the studios and teams that make up Activision Blizzard have earned vast wellsprings of joy and respect from billions of people around the world. We are incredibly excited to have the chance to work with the amazing, talented, dedicated people across Activision Publishing, Blizzard Entertainment, Beanox, Demonware, Digital Legends, High Moon Studios, Infinity Ward, King, Major League Gaming, Radical Entertainment, Raven Software, who I've talked about, uh, Sledgehammer Games, Toys for Bob, Treyarch, and every team across Activision Blizzard. Yeah, and it just, it seems like they're going to have some of these games. I mean, Diablo 3, I think, is already on, I think it's on Xbox. I I play it on on my Mac, but um, I think it is. And it just kind of, I don't know. I mean, this could be going on the it could be on Xbox, some of these. I'm not sure exactly. I thought maybe that's what they were trying to aim for here. but And then they have the gaming t- leadership team. There's a picture here of the gaming leadership team, and it's got Phil Spencer as the CEO up at the top and a bunch of other people underneath, and it's a mix of men and women. I think it's more women than men. There's people of color in here as well, and Bobby Kotek is not there <laughs> in the gaming leadership team. At Activision, or not, sorry, at at, uh, Xbox, I guess, or Microsoft. So that's the thing. They've, you know, agreed to this acquisition, and Bobby's not part of that. Let's see. I've got a thing from The Verge that talks about, it's from the 17th, so it's a little bit before the actual uh, thing I just read about. Uh, It's called Over 30 Activision Blizzard employees have, quote, exited since July, the Wall Street Journal reports. I must have missed the Wall Street Journal one, but in short, 37 Activision Blizzard employees have reportedly exited the company since July, and we already know why. Uh, There's a quote that I've already read in here. The numbers likely include more than 20 workers that exited the company in October, along with around 20 workers who the company reprimanded at the time. The Wall Street Journal also notes that Activision Blizzard collected about 700 employee complaints. I kind of read that already. So, um, you know, that's just another thing of it. And uh, let's see. Yeah, that's that's that one. Wall Street Journal on the 18th said Activision Blizzard, well said, this is the title of their article, Activision Blizzard's workplace problems spurred $75 billion Microsoft deal. The blurb says after a lawsuit and a journal report, the company's stock was 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 falling. Board members were getting anxious and the tech giant was ready to take a gamble. So it mentions the toxic workplace stuff. It mentions some of the lawsuits I've already talked about in previous episodes of Shattered Soulstone, which you can find at shatteredsoulstone.com if you want to check those out or if you missed them. Um, yeah, so here's a little bit of this. There, the Wall Street Journal is saying that the lawsuits, they're mentioning that and as from that they're saying this. That provided the catalyst for Microsoft's gaming head, Phil Spencer, to approach Mr. Kotek about a takeover soon after, according to people familiar with the matter. Deal-hungry Microsoft had long been interested in Activision and had discussed a potential acquisition in the past, some of those people said, but Mr. Kotek was cool to the idea until Microsoft offered him a graceful exit. Remember that, okay? Uh, Some of Activision's directors who had stood by Mr. Kotek during the crisis were individually beginning to get anxious, according to people familiar with the board. Some directors didn't believe shareholders and employees would be comfortable without a major change, but weren't willing to try to oust Mr. Kotek. He is expected to depart the company after the deal closes, the people said. That's coming from the Wall Street Journal, which is why he's not on the leadership team on that 
Xbox thing or the Microsoft thing that I just mentioned. Yeah. Staking so much on a company facing investigations, internal and external unrest and unknown liabilities is highly unusual and a big risk for Microsoft. Activision's troubles gave the tech giant an opening to make a deal and also a long list of problems to navigate. Mr. Kotek pushed to make the deal happen, the people familiar with the board said. He and Mr. Spencer already knew each other, given that many of Activision's games, which include the wildly popular Call of Duty and World of Warcraft, appear on Microsoft's Xbox console. Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, later got involved in the talks too. A person familiar with the matter said over the next two months, um, they negotiated, uh, Spencer and Kotek negotiated the $75.5 billion transaction announced Tuesday. That's a slightly different number than what's reported in other stuff. Is the biggest ever for Microsoft and will create the world's third largest gaming company by revenue. It's the biggest deal since 2019 and the largest cash acquisition of a U.S. company ever, according to whatever deal logic happens to be. Uh, they point out in here that... Um, see some of this is stuff we already know and or could guess basically in here um mr spencer had told microsoft employees in november that the software giant was evaluating its relationship with activision in the wake of the journal's reporting on mr kotek's handling of the sexual misconduct allegations sony group core playstation unit also asked activision how it planned to address sexual misconduct issues asked about activision's workplace issues in an interview tuesday mr spencer said that's this the microsoft ceo uh, quote, we see the progress that they're making that was pretty fundamental to us deciding to go forward here. So there's that. Uh, it says that Microsoft, has, which has faced pressure from shareholders over its handling of workplace issues, pledged last week to be more transparent in its handling of sexual harassment allegations and would review its policies. There's a lot in here. And uh, let's see. Yeah. Stuff we already know. They tend to put in a lot of stuff that's not new. To sort of fill out articles, a lot of a lot of websites that pr you know, produce news about gaming and other stuff, they do this in case somebody comes to this and they're like, I don't know what's going on at all, you know. And uh, turns out Mr. Kotek owns 0.53% of the company. According to FactSet, a stake that size would be worth nearly $400 million at the deal price of $95 a share. His departure would follow the sale. Following the sale would mark a big shift for Activision and the video game industry. Some history on him. Mr. Kotek had been eager to change the public narrative about the company and in recent weeks has suggested Activision Blizzard make some kind of acquisition, including the gaming trade publications like Kotaku and PC Gamer. According to people familiar with him, the Activision spokeswoman, Ms. Klasky, disputed that Mr. Kotek wanted to make acquisitions. A spokesman for GO Media, the parent company of Kotaku, declined to comment and PC Gamer didn't respond to a request for comment. So, did he really decide, well, my company is doing bad things and we're not doing much about it and I really don't want people to know about that. How about if I buy some of those news sites that, you know, talk about this stuff. Did he really do that? Did he really think that? Was he trying to do that? He didn't succeed if it was true. I don't know. You know, it's a little weird. If if true, and I don't know, because we don't have, I mean, the Wall Street Journal is a good source. They don't make things up. They don't go for like outrage kind of writing. They just write what's going on. So maybe it's true. I don't know. It's a little weird though. It's a little weird.
there's a tweet from Xbox on January 18, the Xbox Twitter account specifically, and it says, Xbox is committed to our journey for inclusion in every aspect of gaming. We hold all teams to this commitment. We're looking forward to extending our culture of proactive inclusion to the great teams across Activision Blizzard. And there were a lot of tweets from people involved in um, either Activision Blizzard King or at you know Xbox, Microsoft, that kind of stuff that were basically really, they seemed really happy, the ones that were tweeting about it, welcoming in the Activision Blizzard King people and this kind of stuff. So that's at least promising. And then there's the ABK Workers Alliance at a-, a Better ABK on Twitter, and this is what they think about it. The news of Activision's acquisition by Microsoft is surprising but does not change the goals of the ABK Workers Alliance. We remain committed to fighting for workplace improvements and the rights of our employees regardless of who is financially in control of the company. We will continue to work alongside our allies across the gaming industry to push for measurable change in an industry that desperately needs it. We called for the removal of Bobby Coach Tech as, C- at, as CEO in November for shielding abusers, and he still remains CEO as of this writing. The strike for Raven QA is in its fifth week, and our striking staff has still not received response from leadership regarding our request to negotiate. And finally, three out of four of our original collective demands to improve the conditions of women in our workforce have not been met. Whatever the leadership structure of the company, we will continue our push to end abuse in gaming and appreciate the outpouring of support we've experienced in the last year. So that's their opinion on it and there's a reporter for bloomberg called uh his name is jason shearer and he's got a screenshot from what looks like his phone <laughs> or someone's phone and it says here an excerpt from bobby kotek's email to staff today so here is an excerpt to take that for what it is um i think this guy's a verified account he's been writing for bloomberg for a while it might be true you know i mean i kind of think this guy doesn't post garbage you know could be wrong. This is what it says. What's next? Transactions like these can take a long time to complete until we receive all the necessary regulatory approvals and other customary closing conditions are satisfied. Yada, yada. Uh, 2023. Skipping ahead a little bit. Fiscal year 2023, uh, ending June 30, 2023. We will continue to operate completely autonomously. I, meaning Bobby Kotek, will continue as our CEO with the same passion and enthusiasm I had when I began this amazing journey in 1991. Of course, this announcement will give rise to so many questions. We we will host numerous forums and events to make certain we address your concerns. I am incredibly proud of this company, you and the work we have done together. Now it's on to our next chapter and the endless possibilities this transaction represents for us. I couldn't be more appreciative of your efforts, focus, and the dedication to connecting with the world through joy and fun and fun and it kind of cut fun and it cuts off there. Okay. So I don't know. This is a guy that well, if you've listened to Shattered Soulstone, I've really run over a bunch of things he's done in the past where it didn't seem like he actually cared about his workers very much at all. We've had people leave, you know, we've read about or we've read about it and then I've talked about it here. This what is this exactly? You know, oh, you're wonderful people, but he doesn't protect them. I mean, what 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 is this, you know? Then there's Kotaku who says, head of Microsoft says he's, quote, grateful for Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotek's, quote, commitment to real change. And now this is um, pulling from the Wall Street Journal and some other stuff. And there was a presser kind of thing. I don't know which thing it was on, but uh, yeah. So you've got Nadella saying nice things about Bobby Kotek's company. And I... 
you know, I don't know. It was an investor call, I guess. So maybe it wasn't public, but yeah, Microsoft, here's a key thing. Microsoft is also being cagey about what, whether Kotech will remain as head of Activision Blizzard once the acquisition is complete. And there was a vague comment of, quote, Bobby Kotek will continue to serve as CEO of Activision Blizzard, and he and the team will maintain their focus on driving efforts to further strengthen the company's culture and accelerate business growth. A spokesperson for Microsoft wrote in a press release, um, once the deal closes, he'll be responding to, uh, reporting to Phil Spencer, CEO of Microsoft Gaming. Kotek told the New York Times he will be available as needed after the deal closes, and sources at the Wall Street Journal um that the Wall Street Journal spoke with claim the companies have agreed that Kotech will depart once the deal closes. So there's that. It's possible. This could mean, uh, you know, like a year from now, more than a year from now, when this closes, that maybe Bobby will be leaving, and that might make room for a healthier environment at Activision Blizzard King, which it sounds like should then match what Microsoft and Xbox are going for, like a healthier environment. So... It's possible. I can't imagine that all these people would be implying that he will be gone after the acquisition is official if it wasn't true. So that's possible. Now, they've also reported Bobby Kotek will continue to serve. Da, 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 um, reports to Phil Spencer. There's a whole lot of quotes from people. I don't know. It's kind of confusing. New York Times, Microsoft will buy Activision Blizzard, betting $70 billion on the future of games. And it kind of tells you all the stuff I've already told you about, but it's there. If you like the New York Times, you can read that one. IGN, update, Bobby Kotek's future at Activision Blizzard after Xbox acquisition remains unconfirmed. Uh, so their, their most recent update on this says, according to the Wall Street Journal, sources familiar with the deal say Activision CEO Bobby Kotek is set to leave after the, deal, after the deal closes. So maybe this is true. Maybe this is just one gaming website or one news website talking about gaming parroting Wall Street Journal, who probably has it right. I'm willing to guess that they're not just making stuff up. You know, they had somebody tell them this that they figured was significant. There's a tweet from Code CWA, which is um, a campaign to organize digital employees in tech. It's a union, and they wrote this. The proposed acquisition of Activision Blizzard by Microsoft would, would represent a major change to the gaming industry and significantly strengthen Microsoft's competitive position at a critical time in the industry's evolution. Before any approval of this proposed deal, the Department of Justice, Federal Trade Commission, and state's attorneys general must all carefully consider the impacts on consumers and American workers especially Activision Blizzard employees, who have been trying to improve working conditions and raising up troubling issues regarding company culture of sexist and discriminatory cultural practices, pay inequity, workplace harassment and abuse. Activision Blizzard's response to its employees' concerns has been repeated surveillance, intimidation tactics, and the hiring of notorious union busters. At ABK's concerns must be addressed in any plan, acquisition or not, on the future direction of the company. So that's where... That's where they are on that one, which makes sense. Here's an article from Windows Central. Microsoft is buying Activision Blizzard. What this means for Xbox and gamers in general. Because I think what I was seeing on Twitter when this was first announced is, oh, great, everything from Blizzard and Activision is just going to go over to Xbox and it'll be exclusive and we won't be able to access it because we're on PlayStation, you know. Um, not so much, maybe. It's hard to say. So um, there's a thing in here. Okay, Xbox Game Pass potentially gives developers a bit more breathing room. As a platform holder, the dynamic is a bit different for game production. Uh, the writer here, who is... Who's the writer? 
Jez Corden says, I can see a world where Microsoft would allow a Call of Duty to be delayed for polish reasons, whereas Activision wouldn't, to ensure it, it hits shareholder goals. As part of Microsoft, whose growth is driven largely by Azure cloud services to businesses, Xbox is somewhat shielded from the same kind of shareholder scrutiny. This could lead to better experiences for gamers, since Microsoft's main goal is to keep Xbox Game Pass subscribers engaged and interested in the service, which recently crossed 25 million uh, paying customers. This indeed is ultimately, ultimately all about Xbox Game Pass, being able to include games like Call of Duty, Diablo, Overwatch, and even perks for those games on other platforms will drive engagement and subscriptions in the service. I suspect we'll see monthly rewards for Call of Duty and Xbox Game Pass, much like we've seen with Halo Infinite. We may even see them for mobile games like Hearthstone and Candy Crush, giving Microsoft ways to deliver value to gamers who aren't traditionally interested in consoles or even PC gaming. This also gives Microsoft a bigger footprint in mobile in general, which is something they've traditionally struggled to achieve. So, so what does this mean in terms of exclusivity and the question is will call of duty etc the activision games go exclusive to xbox so this writer starts off saying we don't know for certain what microsoft plans to do but has hinted that it intends to keep some games exclusive while others could remain multi-platform during a call to investors earlier writer says if i had to guess i would foresee i could foresee single player games like any potential sirico follow-up going exclusive to Xbox, but games like Call of Duty and Overwatch, I feel, are far more likely to remain multi-platform. Much like Minecraft, Call of Duty is a franchise that is far bigger than any single platform potentially. Removing it from PlayStation is a surefire way to generate a mountain of ill will. Call of Duty is also driven by microtransactions, earning itself millions of dollars from the PlayStation platform on a consistent basis. The entire business model of Call of Duty revo revolves around access with games on mobile phones, PC, and every platform platform possible. And the writer says, for this reason, I highly, highly doubt we'll see Call of Duty yanked from PlayStation on that basis. What I do expect to see is Call of Duty and similar games go straight to Xbox Game Pass at launch, giving Xbox consoles a value proposition that won't exist on PlayStation. So this is what they think. The writer also thinks that uh, I can see franchises like Diablo 4, which are cooperative, PvE-oriented, and less microtransaction-driven, potentially to go exclusive to Xbox. This is speculation, but it might have some... It might be right. And I think the point of this, that the reason I'm reading this here, is because there were a lot of people going, I'm going to lose access to Call of Duty because I only play it on PlayStation. That kind of thing. It sounds like maybe you won't. We'll have to see. There's like a year before we'll know any of this, really. Forbes wrote, Activision Blizzard CEO Kotek reportedly leaving company after Microsoft deal closes. That's their headline. So there, it's not very much else in the article other than what the headline says. And then we have Polygon... And they wrote, labor organizers say Microsoft's acquisition of Activision Blizzard won't stop them. And this is the ABK group that's uh, striking, that kind of stuff. Um, so there's a little bit in there about that. But I think that's the main idea. And I got a lot more to go. So I'm just going to roll with it. Uh, CNBC on January 19th wrote an article titled Sony shares tank over 12% after Microsoft and Activision's $68.7 billion tie-up plan. 
And I'll read you just the key points that they've nicely put at the top of their article. Investors fear Microsoft's announced acquisition of Activision will bring more competition to Sony's PlayStation division and take away key games from the Japanese giant platform. Key Activision games like Call of Duty could help Microsoft's Xbox Game Pass subscription service. One analyst said the market, quote, overreacted, end quote, with the 12% stock drop and that Sony will continue to pump out, quote, blockbuster, end quote, games due to its investment in gaming studios. So that's kind of the main points from that one. And then we have Wowhead. They are, uh, they've, they're, okay, their title is Games Beat Interview with Bobby Kotek Explains Motives for Selling Activision Blizzard to Microsoft. And here's a clip or a quote from Games Beat. Games Beat said, asked, uh, and was the sexual harassment investigation factor in this, as it certainly seemed to affect the stock price? Kotek said this, I think what affected the stock price more than that is pushing out Overwatch and Diablo, and then I think people started to see that this year's Call of Duty wasn't performing as well, so I think certainly the it's a California Department of Fair Employment and Housing filing and the Wall Street Journal article contributed to that, but stocks go up and down for a variety of reasons. I think our view was that at $95 a share with all cash, that's a really great deal for our shareholders, and so that was an easy and independent judgment. It's a great deal. And there's a couple other talking points in there too but that's kind of part of it it's for his shareholders all those people working that make the games that wouldn't exist you know if if they weren't there if no one was there doing it yeah this is about the shareholders Ugh. okay and then we have another one um from the washington post all these companies all these like news organizations that don't typically focus on games they're really into it right now uh, so the Washington Post has an article, Activision Blizzard CEO addresses employees on layoffs, uh, potential departure in a fireside chat, which is in quotes. Um, let's see if I can find anything new in here, because they do kind of overlap a little bit. Following the video call, what was the video call? Uh, do, do, do. On Tuesday, the tech and gaming industries woke up to shocking news. Yes, yes, acquisition. Um, in a video conference call titled Fireside Chat, Kotek discussed the future of the company during the transition and answered a number of employee questions read by Chief People Officer Julie Hodges, and he noted that he plans to stay in his role as CEO until the deal closes and would do so longer if needed to ensure a smooth transition. So I guess that's mainly the point of this thing, you know? It lasted, the chat lasted for 16 minutes despite being billed to employees as a half-hour conversation. Kotek was seven minutes late and wrapped up the conversation early, saying he believed completing the deal with Microsoft would be a great journey. A Blizzard employee who spoke on the condition of anonymity said they are optimistic about the deal with Microsoft but remain wary of Kotek. There's a quote in here. Quote, all the fear and anger felt is still tied up in Bobby Kotek and what harm he will inflict until the torch is passed to Microsoft the Blizzard employee said. He likened Activision to be as important as his children, and I feel like he will not let go of it. With no mention of the strike, the lawsuit, or any of the continuing issues, there may as well have not have been a and a at all. We could have read a press release and slept an extra 15 minutes. You know? <laughs> so there's that. And then we have mentioning that, you know, I mentioned a little bit that players were noticing that there were problems with Call of Duty. Well, today there's a thing put out on... 
Activision's Call of Duty website. It's a status report, and it says uh, it's an update, an ongoing commitment to improving your gameplay experience. Currently, the community is experiencing issues across Call of Duty Vanguard, Warzone, Pacific, and Modern Warfare. We feel your frustrations and hear you loud and clear. To date, we've deployed a number of updates, but more needs to be done for this reason. We have decided to reschedule the start of Season 2 across Warzone Pacific and Vanguard to February 14. I'm going to break into that. February 14 is Valentine's Day. Some people celebrate this. If your main game that you love to play the most is one of these that's going to be delayed until February 14, you're going to have a tough day in some cases, depending on how your significant other feels about Valentine's Day. So that's kind of going to be a problem for some people, I assume. Not everybody, of course. Not everybody celebrates it. But yeah, to continue with the press release here on the, the website, we will use this additional development time to deliver updates, including optimizations to gameplay, game balancing, including... Uh, including weapon and equipment balancing to fix game stability and bugs and to ensure an overall level of polish to improve the experience for players across Vanguard, Warzone, Pacific, Black Ops, Cold War, and Modern Warfare. Upcoming implementations will address several concerns raised by the community and other quality of life improvements. And it goes on from there. Yeah, so Vanguard was going to come out on February 2. Now it's February 14. There's more info to come whenever the heck they get around to doing that. And then today... We have a, a note on Blizzard's official website where the news is, and it's under the Inside Blizzard category called Putting Our Teams and Players at the Forefront of Everything We Do. This was written by Mike Ibarra, who, as you may recall, was one of the two people that were supposed to be co-presidents of Blizzard, and then Jen O'Neill left for reasons that I've talked about in a previous show. He wrote this. Now, I, it is my understanding that he used to work for Xbox, or at Xbox, so... Maybe this guy is going to be the one that ends up helping people kind of make that transition from, you know, to Xbox sort of as being in charge and Microsoft on top of that. He wrote, I'm humbled to be part of Blizzard Entertainment, the rich history, the incredible talent, the best player communities, and of course the amazing games we're so fortunate to create. I've been leading Blizzard for a couple of months now, and in addition to the exciting news this week, which he's linked to, probably meaning the acquisition. Uh, I want to share some initial thoughts as we strive to put our team and players in the forefront of everything else. 2021 was challenging for all of us. Goes on from there. Our top priority now and in the future is, um, oh no, I missed stuff. Okay. As individuals, we care about treating everyone around us with respect and dignity. As professionals, we care deeply about our crafts and we want to work in the most supportive and safe environment possible. Our top priority now and in the future, now and into the future, is the work we are doing to rebuild your trust in Blizzard. That's going to be a big one. Watching Blizzard work as creatively and diligently as we have throughout this challenging time on top of an ongoing pandemic has been inspiring. A little more, you know, stuff in there. Uh, here's what they're doing. I wanted to highlight some of the initial actions we are taking to improve our culture. We're measuring our executive and management teams directly against culture improvement. This means their and my own success and compensation will directly depend on our overall success in creating a safe, inclusive, and creative work environment at Blizzard. So if you caught that, this means if you are in some kind of executive or management position at Blizzard and you are not meeting these benchmarks of making things safer and better, you know, safe, inclusive in, in the workplace, that's going to affect your pay. Yep. So maybe people that were hesitant to do anything about stuff or felt like it wasn't important or decided to just ignore it, if those people are still there, 
Well, now you got to start working on this, unless you'd like your pay to drop. That's what I'm reading from this. Here's another point. We're dedicating more full-time roles and resources to improving our culture. All too often, this important effort falls to employee resource groups filled with people who already have full-time jobs. A few of the leadership positions we've established for this new team include a culture leader who will help us maintain the best aspects of what we have today and change to evolve where needed to ensure everyone brings their best self to Blizzard. A new organizational leader for human resources who will build trust empower our teams and help help foster a safe positive work environment for everyone that's interesting because they did uh, get rid of the former human resources person and put a new person in feels like not that long ago uh, also a diversity equity and inclusion leader solely focused on our progress across multiple efforts in this area and it says we are committed to staffing these teams as a priority we tripled the size of our compliance and investigation teams and have articulated clear accountability for unacceptable behavior this applies to all that's italicized, all employees at Blizzard, including leadership and management. We have shared representation data internally with our teams and have set goals around improvement around these metrics. We've put in place an upward feedback program so that employees have confidence in evaluating management, and we will use this to measure the quality and effectiveness of our managers. And that that's just part of it, apparently, and it goes on from there. Before I jump into the Diablo stuff, I think uh, Sean, who's the editor of the Shattered Soulstone podcast, wanted to say an opinion about all this. Sean? Yeah, I have a few thoughts that I'd like to share. Um, we'll start uh, with just a clarification on one thing. Uh, Diablo 3 and Reaper of Souls are available for Xbox. Um, right. You would, you I think I just said Diablo 3. About, well, you, you weren't sure if Diablo 3 was available at all, but it is, as well as the expansion. They are uh, standalone purchases. It's not, you know, they're not part of the uh, Game Pass. Right. Right. And uh, as of right now, uh, World of Warcraft is not available on Xbox. And I'm going to share some thoughts on that a little later. But just out of my own curiosity, I was kind of doing some reading on uh, the history of Activision, which itself is kind of fascinating. Activision goes back to the uh, early 80s in the Atari 2600. It was founded by some... Uh, game developers who had been working for Atari. And when the 2600 came out, uh, which, you know, was kind of arguably the first ever game console, home game console, the only company that was developing games for the 2600 was Atari. Atari wasn't treating its game developers very well, so a few of them decided to go off and form their own company which they called Activision, and they were responsible for some pretty well-known, perhaps innovative games for the Atari 2600. One big example that comes up a lot is Pitfall. This is uh, interesting to me on a, a few levels. When Activision was created, it is, again, arguably, the first ever uh, third-party game developer. Prior to its existence, the only game developers for the Atari worked for Atari. It has that distinction of being the first ever third-party developer for the Atari, but quite possibly the first ever third-party developer that's ever existed. Throughout the 80s, you know, Activision did okay, and the company tried to diversify in the late 
80s and branch out into other types of software development other than games. This didn't turn out to be a very wise decision. They actually renamed the company Mediagenic. I've never heard of that. Sounds like it, you know, would be perhaps a modern day uh, antivirus program. Yeah, it does kind of sound like it's that. Not a, it's not nearly as catchy a name as Activision. Uh, but they were trying to branch out and kind of lose some of their uh, connection to just being, oh yeah, that game company. Things didn't go very well for Mediagenic through the late 80s and early 90s. They were uh, more or less a, a bankrupt company. And this is where Bobby Kotick comes in. He, along with some other people, uh, purchased the company in... Uh, I'm just, uh, by the way, I'm checking Wikipedia, so... Uh, keep that in mind. But uh, in 1991, Mediagenic reported a loss of $26.8 million and uh, had over $60 million in debt. Uh, the important contract was severed with Activision from another company. Bobby Kotick had become interested in the value of the game industry, and uh, he and three other investors worked to buy uh, Commodore International, but they failed. Ultimately, though, they did... Uh, by this Mediagenic, and they renamed it Activision. And, um, you know, they put the focus back on games, and uh, um, for the most part, the rest is history. Now, considering more recent uh, <laughs> Activision news that uh, Jen's been covering on mm -hmm. the show uh, for some time now, this is something I had never heard of before, but apparently in uh, i believe it was uh, 2000 the early 2000s maybe definitely some point after uh kotick uh, had taken over activision uh kotick and andrew gordon who was the head of goldman sachs los angeles division formed cove management to operate a private gulfstream 3 jet they jointly owned they hired a pilot named Phil Berg and former actress Cynthia Madvig as a flight attendant. Uh, Berg, Berg, oh, that's the pilot. That's I didn't catch pilot. this the first time around. Pilot. Berg began sexually harassing Madvig shortly after uh, their hiring, but uh, Gordon uh, did nothing after Madvig reported this to him. Kotick fired her. Shortly after she talked to Gordon. Mm -hmm. So this was his way to solve the problem. He just fired her. Yeah. Uh, Madvig filed sexual harassment and wrongful termination suit against Cove Management and Berg. During litigation, Kotig uh, brought the firm uh, Christensen, Glacier, Fink, Jacobs, Wall, and Shapiro to defend them. Uh, and the firm apparently advised them to just settle out of court. Kotick refused, uh, alleged by the arbitrator that he would not be extorted and he would ruin the plaintiff and her attorney and see to it that Ms. Madvig would never work again. Wow. After hiring a new firm, Cove eventually settled with Madvig for $200,000 and an additional $475,000 for legal fees. Kotick then became involved in further litigation uh, with the uh, law firm as he only paid them $200,000 for legal services uh, when the full amount stated was supposed to be more than $1 million. 
In February 2009, the case was decided in the law firm's favor, awarding them over $1.4 million, including legal fees. My point in mentioning this is there's a pattern of behavior here yeah. <laughs> with regard to Kotick. Right. And knowing everything we know now, that's not a huge surprise, but you know this goes back further than maybe at least I realized, and mm-hmm. it's... I don't know, curious to me that this uh, bit of news, granted it's not new, mm-hmm. really hasn't uh, resurfaced anywhere in all the coverage that it, it has that I've seen. Okay, uh, well, it has. I don't know that it has on an official like news site. Yeah, but I've seen um, people posting about okay. it on Twitter that would have reason to know something about like is this real or not? Right. You know, yeah. Okay, so uh, those... Uh, it's easy to miss, though, in all sh- this. Sure, sure. So, uh, I don't know. that. I just thought I just thought that was uh, relevant. Yeah, I think it is. And, it is. Um, you know, we're at this place now where Microsoft is in the process of acquiring uh, Activision Blizzard, most okay, likely... All of them. All of them, yeah, the whole, the whole group. And mm-hmm. most likely it will happen. Um, you know, there's obviously going to have to be some uh, approval from various government organizations, right, but right. I don't really see anybody standing in the way of this. Right. Regardless, this is going to eventually solve some of the problems with Blizzard, at least in regards to Kotick and maybe only in regards to Kotick, only because I don't think that he will resign. If I'm understanding things correctly, if Activision Blizzard stayed its own company, the only way that he could be removed from that is it would have to be through some action of the the board of directors of the company. Right, and they're not going to do it. People and have talked about that. Yeah, his, you know, I, I just don't, I don't foresee that particular group being that proactive to do it. No. So no. once everything is settled and Activision Blizzard is officially working under Xbox Gaming, mm-hmm. at that point, Kotick will technically have a boss. Yes. In uh, the form of uh, Spencer, who's the, currently the head of Xbox Gaming, the right. CEO of right. Xbox Gaming. Mm-hmm. And that will offer, that will provide the ability for them to remove Kotick without him having to resign mm-hmm. and I'm sure he'll probably get some magnificent yeah. golden parachute severance package. Yeah, there's been numbers going around on that. And I don't know where the numbers came from exactly, but um, that if he like if he quits, he gets this much. If he quits, you know, if he gets fired for cause, it's this much, but it is it seems like if he sticks around until the end of the acquisition, he's going to get a bunch of money. And he said that, you know, he'll still be available if, if they need something from, from them. But he's going to get a bunch of money. But he'll be gone. So his influence will be gone. His, uh, you know, in, his lack of interest in helping his own workers to have a good workplace will be gone, ideally. And I think that's especially true because Xbox and Microsoft have shared a whole lot previous to this acquisition saying that they really want to make things right. They want to make things good. They want a good, healthy workplace for people. They're going to hold people accountable. The thing I just read from Mike Ibarra talking to people in um, Blizzard, Activision King, maybe specifically Blizzard. I'm not sure, you know, about how 
well, if you're a manager or, you know, executive, we're going to measure you on how much you're doing to make things better. And if you fail, your, you know, the amount of money you make goes away or goes down, you know? Yeah. It's like a report card kind of thing or something. So that's something that Xbox might have had in place, or at least the concept, maybe not worded this way. And Mike Ybarra did come from Xbox. Yeah. So I, I think that if you've just given an example of a pattern of behavior with Bobby Kotek and it you know, carries through to today. I cannot imagine that he would stick around under a boss that isn't him and having to have his pay depend upon whether or not he's made things better at <laughs> Activision Blizzard King. Right. I don't think he'll put up with that. I think he'd rather just take the money and go away. Well, it would certainly be the practical move for him at this point because mm-hmm. as long, I think, as he is connected with the company there's going to be people that are going to be after him Mm -hmm. so this for better or worse is going to provide a way for him to uh, get out as as cleanly as possible i know that a lot of people you know were hoping for some kind of uh punitive thing and i don't Mm -hmm. think that's going to happen it's probably not it doesn't generally tend to happen with executives no especially high up the higher up you go the less likely it is you're going to face any real consequences and in fact you'll be rewarded with a bunch of money when you get kicked out usually that's how it goes Mm -hmm. Uh, there is an opportunity though for you know some real cleaning of house maybe of known toxic people Mm -hmm. on the activision blizzard side that are still there they might be i don't know you know, you know, we'll only time will tell as to uh, how much of that actually happens and how long that it takes. Right. But I'm trying to remember because I could be confused with another company. But okay, wasn't there at some point talk of a potential lawsuit on behalf of the shareholders? Yes. Okay. This kind of move, an acquisition like this, as you mentioned earlier in one of the quotes from from Kotick, I believe, mm-hmm. this kind of move puts a lot of money usually in shareholders' hands. Right. Well, I think didn't somewhere in the somewhere in stuff I've read today, off the top of my head, I'm not sure it might have come from the Microsoft presser or something. I'm not sure. Might have been Kotick. Something about ninety five dollars a share. Xbox is or Microsoft right. is buying it cash, ninety five dollars a share. Yeah. So I can't can't imagine that the shareholders would be upset about that. Yeah, and I I feel like while obviously there was uh, some past losses for the shareholders, Mm -hmm. uh, a move like this will probably help to kind of settle them down. And, you know, I don't know that it'll uh, erase the potential for that lawsuit, but it might. From, you know, that kind of higher up business um, level, this makes... Um, a lot of sense and it's going to solve some of their problems right now. I uh, historically in my life have not been a huge fan of Microsoft and normally (laughs) (laughs) normally if uh, a service or a company or something that I like or care about were to be bought by them I would not feel very good about it but it does seem that the uh, Xbox gaming side of Microsoft is run uh, a bit differently, or at least it's firewalled enough from the rest of Microsoft that 
it's not exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it, it was like when when all the talk was going on about Microsoft might buy Discord. Yeah. You know, everybody was kind of groaning, going, oh, they're going to kill it, and they're going to force us all into Microsoft Teams. Right, yeah. I, I don't really see... This This is a different kind of thing that's happening. It seems to me that perhaps Kotec's reason for allowing Activision Blizzard King to be sold to Microsoft is to get him out of trouble and get him lots of money. Um, I think that Microsoft's reasoning is we could get all of those games from those three companies and we could pump them into Xbox and the Game Pass and get more people playing. There's that angle. And um, also, uh, apparently, Microsoft is eyeing this as a potential way for them to enter more into the mobile gaming market right. where Activision yes. uh, you know, has a presence and... and mm-hmm. um, is continuing to build a presence. I mean, right. we've been talking about the uh, Diablo, uh, Diablo Immortal. Mor- That's going to be a while. Yeah. That what we've been told with that, with everything, is it's going to be you know phone and tablet only. Yeah, right from the start. And we know that's coming. Right. So mm-hmm. that's just another example of an Activision property that is is going to be mobile, and it's going to be mobile only. Right. And this is an area apparently where Microsoft uh, wants to um, to go to expand, mm-hmm. yeah. so they'll get access to to that kind of thing. Speaking of current Blizzard games mm-hmm. and things like Game Pass, yeah. So right now, World of Warcraft is not on Xbox. In fact, I think you can only play World of Warcraft on either Windows or Mac computers. Right, right. I think when I read it off, I think whoever wrote it didn't check or something. I just read it off. But a, a lot of speculation here about potentially bringing World of Warcraft to Xbox and rolling it in to Game Pass. And I think that's a uh, an interesting idea because Game Pass is a subscription thing and War, uh, World of Warcraft is a subscription yeah, thing. Yeah, I've seen people talk about this on, on Twitter and I didn't really keep track of who or what, but the overall conversation seems to be, okay, so let's say this all rose through. Uh, Xbox says, yes, let's bring World of Warcraft to the Game Pass on Xbox. That will be great. So you have to pay for the Game Pass. Do you also have to pay a subscription for World of Warcraft still? Or is it rolled in one? Like, it's just, no one knows for sure how this is going to go. Knowing how the Game Pass works, Mm -hmm. I would think that at the very least, if all you wanted to do was play it on Xbox, Mm -hmm. you would only need the Game Pass subscription. If, perhaps, if you wanted to play it um, outside, Mm -hmm. uh, you might then need a secondary subscription. I can't foresee at this stage Microsoft making World of Warcraft Xbox exclusive. No, I don't think they're going to do that. They didn't seem to want to do that sort of stuff. Now, they may make new games after that that might be, but the existing right. ones, they want yeah. what they want to do is bring in more players. So I don't think they're going to say, and it's, it's exclusive and you, you can't play your game anymore. I don't think they're going to do that, you know. But the other thing is like, okay, what we know with um, when Diablo 3 and, you know, Reaper Souls, technically probably the um, Necromancer expansion, went on to Xbox, we knew that there was no cross-play between the PC mm-hmm. and or Mac, which yeah. plays on a Mac, um, and the Xbox uh, stuff. So, you know, we knew that for sure. So if you're playing, if you've spent most of your time playing, 
you know, I'm just going to say Diablo 3, um, on a computer, you're going to, and you move to, you decide, I want to be on the Xbox thing or whatever, then you might have to purchase it. Or if it goes into the Game Pass, Game Pass has games that last for a certain amount of time and that's it, unless you purchase them. Is my right. understanding. Yeah. So you you know you can't move your characters and your achievements and all that other stuff over to the Xbox. So that's going to keep some people in you know computer playing of that as is. But like and the same thing if you know if if World of Warcraft goes into Game Pass, well that's going to be a temporary amount of time unless you want to buy it. Is how these things seem to work. Like I bought Diablo Two Resurrected on the Xbox because it wasn't going to play on my Mac and I wanted to play. So. If you purchase it, it's yours. Right. If you go through the Game Pass, it's yours for a little while. And you can try it out and see what you think about it. But you can't move, like, all of your, you know, all of your characters over or any of that into it. If, if Xbox pulled, you know, uh, not pulled, but added right. World of Warcraft and all of its stuff uh, into into the Games Pass, you know. It might have new people playing right. Minecraft, but that would be good for you know Microsoft and Xbox. But it's not going to be one of those things where you could play the game with your friend who's got it on their Xbox, you know, if yeah. you're on a PC or a Mac. Right. So it's something to consider. But um, I don't think I cannot imagine if if the idea for Microsoft is let's get more players, they're not going to grab big huge things and say, oh, you have to pay, you know. <laughs> They're not going to do that, or to make it exclusive. They're not no, going to no, say no, no, you no, can't uh-uh. play this on, you know, some other thing. Yeah. Obviously, they're going to do a lot of analysis, internal analysis on this kind of stuff because World of Warcraft, while I don't know, it's not as uh, prestigious or popular as it once was. It's obviously still making a lot of money, mm-hmm. and if they were to completely just roll it in. Mm-hmm. to Xbox, they're going to lose a lot of that money because oh, yeah. there will be people who aren't going to go out and buy an Xbox just to play it. Right. Now, I did buy an Xbox just to play Diablo 2 Resurrected, yeah, but there's but a lot of other stuff on there that I want to try, too. It's different. That's yeah. different because different. you didn't have... You I were going no to have to... otherwise. <laughs> you were going to have to buy another piece of hardware to play the game. Yeah. There's a lot of people out there who have... Uh, you know, Windows gaming computers mm-hmm. who play World of Warcraft don't necessarily own a console. Right. And those are the kind of people that you would potentially lose if suddenly Warcraft. It, yeah. If you said you can't Xbox play it on PC exclusive. or Mac anymore and you have to have it just Xbox, yeah, that would be a problem. I don't really think that that's necessarily going to happen, but how they'll handle as far as either how the subscriptions will work and or if the Xbox version of Warcraft is like you described with Diablo mm-hmm. where yeah you can play with other people but only on Xbox only on Xbox and mm-hmm. then you know if you're on a computer and playing Warcraft you can play with all the people that are on a computer right. now i'm trying to remember do you mm-hmm. know if with the Diablo 2 Resurrected, Mm -hmm. is that uh, the same in the sense that uh, Xbox players can only play it with other Xbox players and computer players can only play it? As far as I know, it is. Okay. Well, and that's one of those things that could potentially be... There may be some engineering challenge there 
between the two platforms because Mm -hmm. up until now or the soon to be future Mm -hmm. they were separate companies and that won't be you know that it's not just the separate companies though i mean it's diablo 2 resurrected was built on like the structure of diablo 2 the original yeah so there's a lot of limitations in what you can and can't Mm, do based on that they didn't like recode it and make new stuff they built it up from there which is why you can't get it on a mac yeah so i if it's you know so if it's xbox and they just kind of have the same thing there i can't imagine you could get that structure to work cross-platform essentially you know the one thing to consider here as far as this potential for Mm cross-platform stuff is as far as i know um, another Activision property, that being Call of Duty, mm-hmm. it's cross-platform everywhere. So if you play on uh, PC, if you play on Xbox or PlayStation, you are able to access the same pool of players no matter where. Well, it's not built on older stuff. It's no, newer. I, so, I understand that. Know, that's but kind of how that's going. I'm just saying that it's the possibility exists there's just other considerations for why it's it's not working or why it doesn't happen with the Diablo games that exist so far. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, there's that. But if you were to move, well, not move, but if you were to add World of Warcraft and all of its incarnations and all the different things we've purchased over the years to play WoW into Xbox... That becomes another question because World of Warcraft has been around for a very long time and I am not a coder and I've never worked for a gaming company because of that, but I can't imagine. It's possible that the original structure is somewhere, you know, baked into some of this. Sure. So it might have the same problem that Diablo 2 has where you can't play it, you know, cross-platform, but I mean, you can still play, I assume, you can still play World of Warcraft on on a... On a Mac, basically, but yeah, yeah, I haven't played in a while. I have not played WoW in a while, but I might come back to it at some point. There's a lot of stuff to uh, speculate on at this mm-hmm. point, but um, this is uh, a fascinating time to <laughs> be talking about uh, anything related to uh, Activision Blizzard. Mm-hmm. And uh, like a lot of people, I don't think anybody. Even people that, you know, are normally kind of keyed in on uh, the inside line on these things. Uh, nobody on Tuesday, nobody managed, nobody imagined we were going to wake up and get this news. So Right, um, right. It's, uh, it's interesting and, and uh, worth covering. I don't really have anything else to say. So um, unless there's something else you wanted to, to go off on, I'm just going to let you get back to the news. Yeah, I think that's... I think that's all the news. How long have we been going? Uh, we're at uh, an hour and 14 right now. <laughs> okay, so I'm just going to end the show. Um, and I'm going to point you towards the Shattered Soulstone Twitter account, at Shattered Stone, because I have been highlighting things from the community there that I just could not cram into this show. So it's there. There's um, rune words or runes that are new you might, might want to check out. Some people have videos on them. There's screenshots, stuff like that. That's kind of the newest thing. It has to do with Diablo 2. Uh, But I'm going to close the show now.
You have been listening to episode 343 of The Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. Missed an episode? You can find the show blog and listen to the show archives at www.shatteredsoulstone.com. Come join us in game. Our in game community and clan uh, in Diablo 3, both named Shattered Soulstone, are open to anyone who would like to join. You can also join us on Discord for the ultimate team and community based experience. As far as that, I've been adding stuff to the Discord and kind of trying to make it better. Not that it wasn't good, but sometimes there's clutter over the years and it's been there a while. So you can pop in and see some of that and maybe add some suggestions to it as well over on the Discord. It's uh, Shattered Soulstone. Um, you can find the Discord invitation link on our Twitter and Facebook page as well as at the Shattered Soulstone website. Thank you for listening. <laughs>